You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we're letting it breathe just for a moment or two so that we can get our Facebook clan in the tent with us here. And then we're going to get things cooking for you. And it looks like we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by overtime. No, I'm sorry. What am I thinking here? Not overtime. (laughs) I was on total autopilot. This phenomenal podcast that you enjoy, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach? My friend, today we saw what some people are interpreting as the first clear sign of coach-favored separation in the form of Teddy Bridgewater garnering what Luke told us uh, somewhere around 60% of the first-team snaps during 7-on-7 compared to Drew's 40%. Your reaction to that, A, what happened, the 60-40, and whether or not that's something that fans should, at this stage, read into. You know, based on what I saw, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the podcast today with an example. I was reading through the quotes the other day, and good question posed to Vic Fangio. Don't know who asked it. He said, "If there was a clear cut starter, what would the distribution of reps look like?" And Fangio's answer surprised me. So let's assume there's no competition. He said, "I think it was 65, 25, and 10." Why would you give the backup 25 percent of the reps? 25. Uh, you know, shares of the offense when all of those should be going to the clear-cut starter. So I put no stock into what Vic Fangio is saying right now before even the first preseason game takes place, Chad, which he previously said will be the barometer and the measuring stick for this competition. And also yesterday, though, I mean, it's kind of flying in the face of his offensive coordinator. Pat Shermer said, this was, this is the best we've seen out of Drew Locke yet. I know it's only been two years with Pat Shermer and Drew Locke together, but that's going out of his way to compliment one guy in this competition. So if we want to look at what Fangio is doing in a positive light for Bridgewater, we should also look at what Shermer was saying as a positive light for Drew Locke. Absolutely. I actually perked up a little in my chair when Shermer said that on, what was it, Tuesday, right? Yesterday, that Drew is looking good, that he's showing improvement. And it didn't come off as uh, platitudes or coach speak like, you could tell that he was relieved, I think, almost, that Drew is showing progress. And then he actually compared it to, you know, hey, what do you expect, you know, when the dude's getting uh, the second year in the scheme under his belt? Certain things last year that were, you know, either not realized or had to be like, you know, you had to hit him over the head with it because it's brand new. Now it's all second nature, and so you can build on that. And it's the same thing as, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're learning, man or trying to master, if you're having to think while you're doing it, you're not able to execute, perform at the highest possible level. Because yes. look at it, look at it, your brain like a CPU. If you've got a significant portion of your CPU, aka brain power, consumed, your RAM is consumed with trying to remember the play call, trying to remember what the read is, trying to remember you know, what I do if the read is this on, you know, if the defense shows me this, then what's the read? Like all those things where a quarterback and players, they're thinking about it in the moment because it's brand new. 
and they don't have enough live bullet reps and practical application, it slows down the process. And so what Pat Shermer is telling Broncos fans yesterday is that, hey, those things have now sunken into the zeitgeist for Drew. And so he's much more, you know, second nature. He's not thinking. He's going about his business. He's executing more on point. I mean, I can relate to something based on what you said. I'm sure you can relate as well, Chad. The number one thing that when we're in the content creation business and when we write an article, sometimes the opening sentence is this most, you know, um, perplexing thing. It's vexing figuring out how to start a story. And I feel like, at least for me, I can speak for myself, the more I think about that sentence, the more I think about the words and how I want it to flow together, the harder it is for me. When I don't think about it and I just write what comes to mind, more than likely that's going to be a good story and it's going to flow really well. You're 100% spot on. And I think Drew Locke is the same way. The more he stays out of his own head, the more he just plays football and lines up, the better off he will be. And that's why I think if Pat Shermer was smart, and I called for this last year, he would do more no huddle. He would do more fast-paced offense. Of course, that would require Pat Shermer becoming into the year 2021, not you know 2003. But that's the offense that Locke thrives in, fast-paced, no huddle, shotgun, you know, backyard, north and south football. And I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is the right person to um, – meet that that pace, meet that expectation, meet that scheme. So as long as they're gearing this for Locke to just go out there and play football, find his receivers, make it a, a quick one, three-step read, the first guy, maybe the second guy, I think he can thrive. But you're right, Chad, the less he thinks, the better off he'll be. Guys, we have a lot to get to. Uh, we'll sift through some of the news and notes from today as well as yesterday because, of course, we were off yesterday, and I know you – Got to enjoy Broncos for breakfast. You got to enjoy building the Broncos. But a lot has transpired Tuesday, Wednesday that we want to cover with you. First, though, a couple of quick matters of business. Gang, make sure you are connected with us on social media, starting with Twitter. Follow the Huddle Up podcast at Huddle Up Pod and our main account at Mile High Huddle. You can follow my partner in pod, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad N. Jensen. Also, gang, check out our Facebook page for the Huddle Up podcast. Give it a like, give it a follow. In so doing, you automatically enroll yourself into our randomly selected weekly raffles where we give away a little piece of Mile High Huddle swag. Easy to do. Navigate on your browser, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod, or just open up the app on your phone, Facebook, that is. Search Huddle Up podcast. Bada bing, bada bang, done deal. Speaking of swag, guys, Go to huddleuppod.com, get your swag on, get a hat, get a t-shirt, get a, you know, the face mask if that's your thing, get a hoodie. There's still tank tops. It's summer's out, sun's out, guns out, you know, summer's still going on. A little something for everybody, including infants. Like there's MHH infant swag on this store. All right. We've tried to be as comprehensive and check as many boxes as possible. It's another great way to support what we do here on a daily basis. And guys, kindly, kindly consider becoming a official supporter of mile high huddle on facebook now there are two separate pages you got the main mile high huddle page just like twitter you'll know you're there because there's 95,000 other broncos fans there with you at the top there's a big blue button that says become a supporter you click that you immediately get access to kelberman's corner on sundays the trickle zone on saturdays broncos book club on saturdays it's five bucks a month that's our premium podcast content that we reserve for our facebook supporters Appreciate those of you who have pulled the trigger and are supporting us above and beyond uh, daily, you know, viewing participation in these pods. 
Love you guys. And if you're not in a position to do those things, all good. We're seriously just stoked that you're with us. We appreciate you being with us. Make sure you're subscribed, whether you're listening on demand or if you're live in the stream with us now, YouTube, subscribe, Spotify, subscribe, Apple Pods, subscribe. Like this video, guys. That is a super small thing that takes you literally a fraction of a second to do if you're on YouTube or Facebook that has massive, massive effects on us in a positive way. Like this video. And then, hey, if we're doing a good job for you, share this video out there. Help us continue to grow. Reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. All right, real quick here. Let me see where we're at. Oh, man, the stream already just did a, a running jump. Let me see really quick here, and then we'll we'll dive into some content. I just want to take a second, if I could, real quick, yeah, Chad. Yeah, of course. Uh, for everyone out there who's tuning into the podcast who was nice enough to uh, wish me happy birthday yesterday, I just want to say thank you again, and thank you, Chad, for sending that off yesterday. I appreciate your wishes. Just another you know, uh, token of my appreciation for your appreciation. Thank you, guys. All right, so JT, the stream jumped you while we were doing um, banter and matters of business. And so what I am going to do here is reverse engineer your super chat because we are always interested to hear what JT has to say on a given Bronco topic from across the pond. You guys know JT. He's been on the show twice now. Great, great Broncos fan. Love you, bro. He says, I'm just dropping in to show some – Love, I think you meant to say, show some love to uh, Chan Zach. Hope you had a great birthday. Oh, Zach, hope you had a great birthday. Zach turned exactly 19 years old yesterday. (laughs) Not a day over. And so it was a good day. But JT, appreciate you, dog. JT, you were the ones that uh, reached out to me on Twitter. Thank you so much. You are the man. And I see the comments uh, flowing into the side here. Thank you, each and every one of you. I had a good birthday. Thank you, guys. Getting to see what is on the minds of the Super Chat superstars here at MHH from JT to Corey H. We got Michaela jumping into Corey H says, and thank you for that very generous support, my thank friend. You, Corey. Sometimes the football gods smile upon you. I don't ask why. We have been given yet one more chance at quarterback. Let the Rivers show begin. Go Broncos. So, Zach, apparently Phillip Rivers is open to playing in 2021. So let's just assume for a second that it's true. doesn't help the Broncos because you can't learn a system in. And I'm not just talking Phillip. You know, it's like Peyton Manning came to Denver in 2012. Zach, everyone remembers. The Broncos learned his system. It wasn't the other way around, right? They had to integrate a little bit, but like it was everyone getting on Peyton's page. You'd have to, you could do that with the, with Rivers, but instead of going and teaching one guy, it's the entire offensive unit having to relearn something for the Broncos. It's untenable. It's not even in the cards unless there was some catastrophic injury or something to Teddy or, and, or drew to be honest with you, but the Colts who are running the same Frank Reich scheme that they ran last year, he could slip right back into that one, Zach. Yeah, I was going to say, if he comes back, which is still, he said late season, he doesn't want to go through, you know, training camp right now, preseason, early season, stuff like that. He wants to come back for a playoff run. Why wouldn't he come back to the Colts if either Carson Wentz has a setback? By the way, 5 to 12 weeks, what kind of timetable is that? It's like a delivery time, you know, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. at night. But if he suffers a setback or, uh, you know, he's not good in Indianapolis, he very well, Rivers, might want to sign back up for them. Why come to Denver, though? I mean, he doesn't – they have a young quarterback and they have a veteran quarterback. They have no need for someone like Phillip Rivers. And the fact this is coming up right now in the middle of a quarterback competition, the fact that some Broncos fans want Phillip Rivers, maddening. 
Shout out to our top star centers already on Facebook. Love you guys. We're working toward 500,000 stars. We'll take a look at what the current leaderboard looks like on Facebook. But you guys know when we hit 500,000 stars on Facebook, we're going to raffle off a Von Miller jersey. And the only people in the running were those who were contributing stars. The more stars you contributed, the more tickets you have in the hat, the odds are better for you that you're going to win that jersey. So, Travis, thanks, brother. Michael, what's up, dude? Thank you. Love your T-shirt. Very uh, nice fashion selection. Gary Leeds Palmer, a legendary, legendary superstar. And Zebulon, descending from some other universe through light speed, perhaps warp speed. I don't know the difference, but Zebulon's with us. Guys, thank you so much for your support. And Zach, uh, really quick here, before we turn the page on Facebook and get back to the chat, real quick, I want to show everyone, because I think everyone, the, the, our Facebook community got a little bit of a thrill from seeing this the, the last couple of days. Here is literally, to the minute, the updated top 10 ranking of stars of the last week. Okay. And we could change this. So like, let's say, let's go to this month. No, we're only four days. Let's go last 28 days. Here's the leaderboard. Claude Riley, first place, Travis Weber, second place, Pete Middleton, third, Andrew Lamp, fourth, Gary Leeds Palmer, fifth, Matt Beatty, sixth, Andrew Baker, seventh, Zeus McPeak, eighth. Zeus is in the top 10. And I would bet dollars to donuts, Zach, if there was such an analytics function on YouTube, he would be in the top 10 on Super Chat too. Uh, Travis Tarbox, nine, Zebulon, number 10. So, Zach, your instinct about Zebulon was correct. He is, in fact, ranked in the top 10. Thank you, guys. Of course, yeah. And, you know, we'll have to get pro football focused to, you know, hone some phony stat about uh, Stu and his uh, veracity as a, as a contributor. Thank you so much, though, Zeus. You are the man. Just kind of scrolling through real quick so everyone can see. I'll go through the top 20 there, but that's your that's your top 20. Michael Ronquillo in there in the last month. He's in the top 20, so props to you, man. That's some clout. Appreciate you. Wishes us a good show after every single podcast on Twitter. Michael Ronquillo is a great follow and a great Broncos fan. Also, shout out to Big Earn, who has returned to the fold. We missed you. We're glad to have you back, my friend. Yep. Hope you're doing well. Um. All right, let's grab Shane here, and then I want to grab a, a couple talking points from what happened at camp today. Shane Daniels, appreciate you, my friend. By the way, Shane, if you're on Twitter, remind me what your Twitter account is, okay? Uh, do it in the chat. We'll keep an eye out. Or just at us on Twitter and let us know. Tickets bought. I will see you all nice. at the season home opener. I still believe Locke wins the job. That's really cool. We're going to have our MHH meet and greet September 26th, right outside the stadium. It's going to be awesome. We're going to set up there and tailgate early, hang out, meet and greet, grill some food, you know, um, have a few drinks or whatever, some waters. Okay. And then also, you know, we do a live podcast and get to meet and greet, talk with you guys. It'll be a lot of fun. So Shane, we're looking forward to seeing you there, buddy. And then watch the Broncos beat the Jets as they will. Indubitably. And here's Michael showing showing that enthusiasm and passion that we love to see. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, okay, guys, Michaela, and then we're diving into the content. We cannot wow. let the Duchess wait a moment longer. Thank Michaela, you, Michaela. Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. You know how much you mean to us. So, so generous on a stream-in, stream-out basis. She says, Fangio said um, he will be giving a 70-30 rep division to one QB one day and the other – the next hope you had a great day uh b day zach your reply and then i'll i'll riff off of what you say 
you know, I, I was speaking to my birthday. It was a, it was not a bad day. I just was working. I had some, you know, a lot of meetings in chat. You know, we had one going, you know, we have some mm-hmm. things in the cooker right now for MHH that we want to, uh, we're waiting on. But yeah, it was a good day, Michaela, and we appreciate your contribution as always. Thank you so much. You're awesome. And she's right. Fangio did say, hey, look, there are going to be days where we're going to flip-flop. You know, this day it's going to be 60-40 Teddy, and the next day then it would be 60-40 Drew. The thing is, here's what kind of contradicts it and gives us food for thought. He said when they got back in the saddle because they had the off day, so they worked four days. Sunday was an off day. Monday after practice, he was directly asked whether or not they were going to start doing that this week. He said no. We're going to finish out this week, basically. Even Steven, is to, to quote him, that was the verbiage he used. But it didn't shake out that way today. Now, was it by design? Was it just the way the cookie crumbled? I think they're smarter than that, Zach. I think they're smarter than that. So maybe something they saw yesterday, uh, pardon me, Monday and Tuesday, maybe something they saw Monday and Tuesday led them to say, hey, I want to. we want to accelerate that timeline. With the Vikings coming up next week, we want to actually accelerate that timeline. Maybe. I don't know. I, uh, you know, I usually, you know, um, sync with you in our thinking about this team. I, I don't think it was anything that's nefarious. It might have been planned, but I don't think it's an implication or an indictment on any quarterback, one or the other. Uh, preseason games still will be the determining factor, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, like you said, it flip-flops the other way in the other quarterback's favor in the next couple practices. So from Luke's notebook, guys, and hopefully, and I'm sure most of you are reading these notebooks every single day for the full update on what shook out at Broncos camp. Kind of cool today, Peyton Manning was in attendance. He got to see some things and and how camp unfolded on day seven. This was the seventh practice. Uh, But here is what Luke had to say. Quote, it became blatantly obvious that the QB battle would not be 50-50 for Wednesday's practice. Bridgewater, so that implies by design to me. But Bridgewater took all the first string QB snaps in the beginning of seven on seven as the second team practiced against the ones. What some would insist, uh, while some would insist this is a sign of panic for Locke, I would suggest that Bridgewater running with the ones was simply by design from the coaching staff. In other words, they're just doing what they told everyone they're going to do. They're going to flip-flop the majority days, etc. And basically he went on to say that he didn't pick really pick a winner today. Uh, he didn't really pick a winner yesterday either, Zach. For those of you keeping score, it was very uh, ho-hum to quote him in his video. He ripped off uh, right after he leaves, he rips off a video real quick. We up to upload that to all of our social media so you guys get it fresh, fresh off the tap when it's fresh on the brain. And he said that these guys, Zach, were basically on par with each other, both on Tuesday and Wednesday. Because there are no winners and losers. They're playing for the same team. So if one doesn't do well and the other does, the Broncos are still going to benefit. That's why I'm not grading these practices. That's why I'm not, you know, keeping score and tracking every pass thrown. If both quarterbacks look like they can navigate the offense and one could stand out as the guy that won't lose them the game, uh, then so be it. I'm, I'm happy that Teddy Bridgewater is acclimating. It seems like he has a great connection with Jerry Judy so far. Uh, and that's good for the Broncos if he has to start this year. Uh, otherwise, though, when Drew Locke had not such a great practice or he wasn't given the opportunity, usually, I'm not predicting, I'm just saying based on the past, usually he would come back the next day and look much better. I am not reading into anything, Chad, until the preseason game one gets here and then beyond that, the rest of the games. I like this. Locke's best throw of the day came on a 25-yard pass to rookie wide receiver Devontress Dukes 
on an extended go route that was well defended. Locke demonstrated poise and accuracy while also stepping up in the pocket as defenders closed in, but he was picked off uh, by Justin Simmons. And then let's see here. Last thing, Zach. Thus far, Locke has demonstrated improved decision-making, but during his limited reps on day seven, some of his familiar bad habits reared their ugly heads. All eyes will undoubtedly shift to Locke at the end of the week, who will be the presumed designated QB1 when Denver travels to Minnesota. Uh, Either he didn't mention it or we didn't read it, but Bridgewater also threw a pick to close practice today. Uh, he threw one to uh, Rogesterman Ferris, who has two in as many days now since joining the Broncos. So maybe they have something there at cornerback. But uh, yeah, that's how it's, it really was an even Steven, to quote Vic Fangio type of practice. I don't really see any natural separation between the two. You can read into one or the other. And I'll be fair, Chad. If Drew Locke looked good against the second team, that's because he should. If Teddy Bridgewater looked good against the second team, that's because he should. So I'm really calling it as I can see it down the middle. And again, I'm until uh, the Vikings game gets here, I'm not jumping to conclusions at all. Amen. All right. Now, before we turn the page, and so some a few guys still asking in the chat when it was early, in case you missed it, Teddy garnered about 60% reps, as you can read here, versus Drew's 40 with the ones. But, but Luke did, <clears throat> pardon me, report the pick towards the end of practice. Uh, Mac also ran an incorrect route that, the, that allowed newly signed corner Rogesterman Ferris to snag another percep- uh, interception, his second to end practice in two of the last three days. After that specific play, Bridgewater was quick to jog down and coach the rookie wideout, Mac, who was visibly frustrated and confused. And then here's where he goes to report what the rep share was. Now, Zach, let's turn the page just for a second from the cues and talk about Noah Fant looking like the truth. And it's not easy Zach, we've we've long tapped Noah Fant as the obvious breakout candidate for the Broncos in uh, 2021 as far as offense is concerned. But it's not easy to really stand out and shine and pop in a training camp format for tight ends. And so hearing that Noah Fant is doing that and then some is just encouraging. And especially when he's in an offense where his target share is being divvied between the likes of Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, and I can go on and on and on. But this is the type of talent that Noah Fant is. And when you're a perennial Pro Bowl talent or potential perennial Pro Bowl talent, it's going to shine, whether it's practice or a real-life game situation. We only have to cross our fingers and hope that Pat Shermer is wise enough and the quarterback is able enough to get Noah Fant the ball this year. Otherwise, this is a guy that's a 1,000-yard player stud in the making. Travis Tarbox, Evening Priest, just looking forward to next week against the Vikings. That should show where our Broncos stand. Yes, indeed. In fact, a little birdie told me that, honestly, the last two days of practice, which is concerning because that's when the pads went on, Tuesday and Wednesday, that they have been a little bit lackluster, like lacking juice, lacking pop, lacking intensity. Uh, the implication uh, is, and I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth here but and reveal who I'm, I'm talking to on this particular point, but that this is, team is lacking some leadership juice, like someone to rally the troops and the troops really lacking the because of that leadership dearth, Zach, inability to hold each other accountable. So it keeps having to come from the coaches. And when it's the coaches constantly having to, for lack of a better term, cr- crack the whip in order to up the ante intensity wise, it never is as genuine 
it's never as lasting and impactful as when it comes from within. There's that A word again, though, accountable, accountability, the same word we've been uttering in the Vic Fangio era, because where has it been since he's been coaching the Broncos? It's always pointing the finger, and that's trickled down to his coordinators as well. I mean, even last year, Pat Shermer threw Drew Locke under the bus at a certain point. Uh, So the team takes on the complexion and the complexity of the coaching staff. And if they're sluggish, if they have no passion, that's trickling downward. They, they take their marching orders, you know, physically, literally, and psychologically from their superiors. And, you know, what today was a flag-filled practice. They had, I believe, five false starts. And, Chad, again, it's training camp. This, um, To be fair, this is when you work out the kinks. It's for that. But if this was happening in a regular season game, what do we say about false starts? It's a discipline issue. And that stems from the coaching staff. Truth. Gary Lee's Palmer. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, BNS in the house with the super chat. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, shouldn't we be focused on inept coaching and not the quarterback? Yes. Yes, but I have, Zach, I have tried to temper my, um, I've tried to stray from hyperbole when it comes to uh, coaching, specifically with Pat Shermer, just because I think if you're going to, on one hand, give a partial pass to Drew Locke and any of the offensive guys for having to, you know, roll with the punches of, of a new scheme and no off season and a weird training camp. You also kind of have to give the coaching staff that same pass. The shoe has to fit the other foot as well. And so that's why I'm still, the honeymoon is open a little bit for me still with Pat Shermer. I want to see now that he's had these guys for as long as he's had, and he got, you know, a half season's reps during OTAs and he's getting all these reps with them in training camp, real training camp. And then they're going to actually get three preseason games. Hey, man, if it's not coming out in the wash and palpably so by a couple weeks into the regular season, then I'll be the first one to say this dude was a categorical mistake. If you were on a honeymoon with Pat Shermer, he'd probably take you to Casa Bonita or something. I mean, it wouldn't be fancy at all. It'd be the most uh, vanilla thing in the entire world. Um the thing about ineptitude, I agree that overall the body of the work of the coaching staff, they, they're not inept, but at times they certainly are. And I think BNS's comment uh, was spanning more toward Vic Fangio because unlike Pat Shermer, we've seen Fangio for multiple years. I think we've no, we've come to know what type of coach Fangio is and what type of coach he never will be. But, Chad, there's times where it wasn't the quarterback that lost the Broncos the game. Any quarterback, not just Drew Locke. You mentioned week one last year. I've always mentioned week 17 last year, and there were a lot of moments in between. That's throwing away and setting aside Pat Shermer with the many criticisms of him that even his own critics can admit to. So ineptitude overall, no. That's why I believe partly they'll be improved this year. But they also, Chad, just like the quarterback, a lot to prove, a lot. Their jobs are on the line. Make no mistake about that. By the way, the notion that I I do recoil a little bit at the notion of no true Bronco fan would want Phillip Rivers in Denver only because, again, it's talking about shoes being on, you know, if you got it on your left, put it on your right too, you know, balance it out. Peyton Manning was hated by Broncos fans. Hated. He was the Bronco killer, dude. Back-to-back years, not only did he 86 the Broncos from the playoffs, the plumber years, 03 and 04, and then 05, they actually advanced and whatnot. But 03 and 04, wild card round. He didn't just beat the Broncos. Like, he wiped the freaking floor with the Denver Broncos. He was the Bronco killer. He was very much so. I don't think the Broncos ever beat Peyton Manning, ever. 
They beat the Colts one time with Jim Sorgi in a Week 17 game that I can remember off the top of my head because they were resting Peyton for the playoffs, and then they got destroyed by Peyton a week later in the in the wild card. But Peyton Manning, at least 2002 on, I can promise you the Denver Broncos never beat Peyton Manning's Indianapolis Colts. And being in the same conference, Zach, they played them quite often. So all I'm saying, guys, is look, Fans hated Peyton Manning for a time once he became a Bronco and got out there and produced on the field and did what Peyton Manning does for your team, that changes. So Phil came to Denver is my point here, Zach, and it ain't going to happen. All right, guys, it's not going to happen. But if it did, it would take um, the matter of – it would be weird. It would be a little off-putting, unsettling at first, no doubt. But, Zach, it would be a short matter of about a month. And if this dude is moving the chains and putting up points and stacking some dubs – Broncos fans will forget that, I, I would imagine, pretty quick. Yeah, but if he doesn't, I have two words for you, and that's Joe Flacco, another <laughs> veteran quarterback with hype that came in, didn't produce. Michaela, real quick before we get to Travis, uh, you got me here. I literally picked up my phone because I didn't think you were one to do this, Michaela, to kind of not you know troll uh, lovingly in the comments. I checked. It's not true, guys, even though I thought that's plausible uh, somewhat. Luck, Chad, I mean, to walk away in your prime – I still think he should come back, give it one more go around. His body's kind of healed up. I just want to see what he can do. I mean, that's a true generational prospect. He really was. He really was. It's a, it's a, it's a shame. You know, it was a shame to see how that unfolded. And on one hand, you feel for Andrew Luck because, I mean, that dude went through so many injuries that were extreme in such a short amount of time. He had about a 24-month stretch there, if I remember right, of just constant torment. Guys, I'm talking torment. I'm not just talking like discomfort and pain. Dude, Danny Trevathan lacerated my dude's spleen. <laughs> yep. So I, I, on one hand, it's like, okay. But I would have said to him, if I was his agent, take away the financial incentive I have as his agent to keep him in the league because you know I make commissions on his earnings. Take that away. I would have said, Andrew, I get it. You need a break. Your body is screaming at you. You need a break. Take a break. Tell the Colts you're taking a year off and then come back. Because as you just said, Zach, he was a he was a generational talent. Real quick, though, Travis, good evening, everyone, and happy belated birthday to Zach. What's Thanks. the story about Denver considering trading locks to Indy? Zach, you had the article for us yeah. uh, kind of tamping that down and, and laughing about it a little bit. A lot. Never say never in the NFL, but explain why that's not something fans should really worry too much about. Well, I literally ended the article with, yeah, no. I mean, it's not happening because of the way the writer, it was USA Today's, uh, right? I'm not going to put him on blast, even though the national media, I will say this, and this just proves it, they have literally zero clue about what's going on with your Denver Broncos. This is what the writer said. You can read the story at mileihuddle.com. Why the Broncos or why Drew Locke is among, I think it was nine potential quarterback trade options for Indianapolis to kind of hold the fort and the Carson Wentz in the wake of his injury. Drew Locke was on there because there's no way he can beat out Teddy Bridgewater in an open competition for the starting quarterback job and might as well dump him now, a cost-controlled investment the Broncos are still high on who more than likely or possibly could be the Broncos starting quarterback. It made zero sense to me. I don't know what that guy and that writer was thinking, but if they're going to trade a quarterback, it's not going to be Drew Locke. Again, guys, the tie favors the incumbent, and it's not a great reflection on the veteran when he's unable to, in the matter of seven full practice days, create clear and evident separation with the guy who's supposed to be some loosey-goosey, 
you know, diamond in the rough, still very raw quarterback, finding his way, bumping his head. Andrew, what's up, dude? Appreciate you, my friend. Really. He says, uh, thanks for all you do. Excited for this first preseason game. Hashtag no injuries from your lips to the football God's ears, my friend. Uh, Jeremy Hancock. What's up, dude? Good to see you. Yeah, it has been a minute. It has. Thank you for the support. Glad to have you back. He says, I'm just saying hello, figuring out dad life and haven't had time to catch the show lately. Hope all is well with you guys. Well, hope that's going uh, good for you, man. It's nothing like being a dad. You know, there's nothing like it. So congrats to you on that. Um, I know it's not the first time we've said that, but cool, man. Very cool. And hope you're excited about the season as we are, Jeremy. Thank you. All right. We are at 32 minutes, so we're doing pretty, pretty good. So let me take a second here and shout out the, to quote the word of the day from Monday, this vociferous support we're receiving from the stars on Facebook. Zeus, kaboom. Love you, Zeus. Thank you, buddy. Shane Daniels, love you, buddy. Andrew, love you. Andrew, love you. Travis, love you. Travis, love you. Gary, you're a legend. Mike Zebulon, thank you guys. Really appreciate you. We'll check back and see how things are going on on the uh, day, you know, leaderboard day, just today, not counting the week or the month. But thanks, you guys. Um, Zach, here's Andrew Morrow jumping in on Super Chat. Thank you, bro. means a lot. You know that. He says, I'm on the road in Oklahoma, so I'll watch later for the analysis. Thanks for all you do. Go Broncos. Hey, safe travels, my friend. Hope you're enjoying it. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, let me see where else we are here. Let's see. Okay, let's grab this. This is not a super chat, but Jason says on YouTube, quoting apparently Terrell Davis, we can't confirm that this is something TD said, but Jason, <laughs> we don't have any reason per se to doubt you, but you're just a dude we don't know. But he says the reason a coach loves somebody like Teddy is because he's consistent. Locke has excited me, but you can't be the stock market, meaning – up, down, according to Terrell Davis. I would believe this is something Terrell Davis said. And yes, again, coaches are wired to err on the side, Zach, of veteran competency over youthful upside. That's just the way they're wired, especially if they're under the gun, like Vic and Pat and Ed. I mean, these guys, Tom McMahon, they're coaching for their paychecks. They, their, their instinct is telling them, go for the more proven – Okay, not that Teddy's really proven all that much in the league, but he has proven more than Drew. In terms of like individual accolades achievement, he does have a Pro Bowl. He led the Vikings to a playoff berth the year he did get the Pro Bowl, 11 and 5 record, you know, proved as a backup in New Orleans he could win five in a row and all that. You know, he's got some bona fides, Zach, but it's negligible relative to what Drew's yeah. proven up to this point, too. I'm not going to start fact-checking you, Jason. I'll just assume this is true. And it's it's Terrell Davis's opinion, and it's just an opinion. And I, nothing he said there is untrue, though. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is consistent. His coaches all love him, from Sean Payton to Matt Rule last year to Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer this year. Um, but what he said about the stock market, Drew Locke has been up and down. But to generalize the stock market, especially this year, uh, with the highs that it's achieved in the certain areas uh, that people have made a lot of money on, and if you've invested in the right places and had enough patience, it pays off for you. Sound familiar? Terry's wondering about the false start. So let me go down to the bottom of Luke's report under his miscellaneous notes. Here's what he said. Just simply, the offense had approximately five false start penalties on day seven. So I would imagine it spans across multiple cues. That would just be my guess. Still a discipline issue, though. You don't like to see it. Practice or game. No doubt. 
Okay, the stream just did a jumperoo on me. And here's Simon from up wow. in Canada, north of the 49th parallel for you uh, geography nerds out there. Proving the Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is, in fact, a state of being. It is wherever you are, and that's where Simon is. Appreciate you, man. Good to see one of our longtime superstars. He says, what's up, MHH? Happy to catch a live one. Getting pumped for the upcoming season and seeing this retooled team in action. Is Baron Browning not getting reps a big deal? Opportunity for Justin Sternod, perhaps? Love hearing that Sternod is killing it. I don't know if I'd say he's killing it, but he's played really well the last few days that Josie Jewell, <clears throat> pardon me, has been out with that uh, groin. In fact, he made Luke's stars of the day in his notebook, did Sternod. But Browning not getting reps, is it a big deal? In a short-term scale, yes. Or scope, in a short-term scope, yes. Because if you wanted him to make any kind of an impact as a, let's say, the first half of his rookie year, Zach, if he's not getting reps in training camp, again, remember, veterans, coaches, err on the side of veteran competency. Right. This dude hasn't taken a rep yet in training camp because he's got this mysterious lower leg injury, so it's a problem. And, you know, ahead of him are two veterans, not just veterans, but locked-in starters that aren't they both in contract years, Alexander and Josie Jewell? Yes, they are. So they're they're fighting for their job. They're highly motivated. And something about Vic Fangio, at least with linebackers, he kind of gravitates toward veteran guys. It was always going to be a long-term selection, Baron Browning's was for Denver. And Chad is spot on when in the short term, yeah, it stings. You want to see his playmaking ability. Uh, but in that being said, though, Sternod missed all of last year, so at least they have someone that can fill in. And you know what, Chad? He might not be blowing the doors down, but he's not also crapping his pants either. I think he's holding his own pretty well in the middle of the Broncos defense. Absolutely. Kevin, <clears throat> pardon me. Thank you for the super chat, brother. Good to see you. He says, I think Locke would get the job and start the season, even though if he loses by a close margin, just because the time the Broncos have invested in him and they know they have Teddy no matter what. That's a crucial component here. Uh, if you pull a young Q and bench him, so if you if – you, not even bench him. Let's let's do it the other way. So if if they go with Teddy, the same thing applies, right, Kevin? They could always go back to Drew. But what you worry about is the confidence of a young guy who's been the guy being deposed and demoted, and does he ever gain that confidence back? It's a 50-50 toss-up, to be honest with you. The way I've seen it shake out in the league, once a guy who was tapped to be the future gives way to someone else for a second, how that guy responds it's, it's a toss-up. It either is a motivating factor, and when they come back, they come back with a vengeance, or it really does affect their confidence. They never quite recover, etc. So that's a consideration. But, Zach, on the heels of five straight seasons without the playoffs, I really think it's actually a small consideration in the grand scheme of things as far as worrying about Drew's confidence if Teddy is the clear better cue you know, when it's all said and done. We know we're card carrying Drew Locke fan club members, Chad. We're not going to lie about that. We we like his potential. We like his upside. Um, but if he can't cut it, he can't cut it. And it would be a mistake right now to declare the competition over. It would be a grave mistake, in fact, to declare Locke the starter because you know what? Teddy Bridgewater, at least to this point, and for what it's worth, has proven beneficial for Locke. Locke is a different-looking quarterback this year. You can make the case as to what that looks like and what that should look like, but I think he's improved by all accounts. 
And partly that's because of the presence of Bridgewater knowing, to use your phrase, Chad, that Locke is singing for his supper now. Nothing is handed to him. He has to earn it. And I think he likes going out there and doing that. He likes going out there and proving, hey, I belong here. I belong to be the starter. and I'm going to go out there and show you why. So this should be an open competition. But once they do declare a starter, I don't want Fangio giving 25% of the reps to the second team guy, to the second string quarterback. I want them to go all in, whether it's Locke or Bridgewater, 100% of the way. By the way, Dave, you're absolutely right. Phillip Rivers is no Peyton Manning. That's for dang sure. That's for dang sure. No doubt about that, my friend. Uh, here is your updated leaderboard for the day. Claude jumping in to tie Zeus for the lead today in stars. Thanks, you guys. We are inching closer, and this just – Zach, especially the last week or so, we have just like rocketed into the stratosphere with yeah. stars on Facebook, getting us to that 500K goal so that we can give away that Von Miller jersey. So thanks to Claude, Stu, Shane, Andrew, Travis, Andrew, Gary, Travis, Michael, Zebulon. Love you guys. Thank you so much. I mean, I just remember, Chad, real quick, we, when we started that, it was like a few names, and now it's like we're scrolling sideways, there's different columns, and when we calculated at the end, we talk about how much it is to keep up with because so many people are, are so giving, and we appreciate every single one of you. Thank you. Longtime listener, OG Superstar, although I think it's been a minute on Super Chat for a minute, but nevertheless, DH3 always brings good topics, good questions, good points. He says, anyone who did not witness what Josh Allen did to improve his overall game may want to familiarize themselves with that whole story. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that, but I also, because people then take that to the logical extreme <laughs> and they want to say that now what you're saying is Drew Locke's guaranteed to have a Josh Allen type you know, turnaround. I, I don't even bother bringing up the Josh Allen thing anymore because people quickly jump to the logical extreme, but it's still a fair point that's worth keeping in the, you know, just keeping in the milieu, right? Keeping in the whole equation. And we're already getting it. Old, old Clifton, you know, pro Bridgewater Harris says Lockane Allen. I, I will just add this onto it, okay? It can happen. It doesn't mean it will happen. I think that's the best way to put it. There's always a chance that lock and blossom because we don't know what his ceiling looks like. He hasn't hit it, and there's a chance he won't hit it, but there's a chance that he does blossom and take that Josh Allen um, approach. Interesting question here from Travis <clears throat> Tarbox. He says, my thought is the Broncos had Drew running with the twos because that meant he was going against the ones. Remember from Luke's report, Teddy – with the first team going against the twos, so that meant the twos offensively were going against the ones defensively. My thought is that the Broncos had Drew running with the twos against the number one defense to make it harder on him. There could be some truth to that. There could be, honestly. But what's going to be the key to this in terms of us divining what it all means is how it plays out. Uh, let's see, tomorrow I think they're off, so Friday. Once we'll see how that the reps are divvied up Friday. If it's a you know twin of Wednesday, then it seems like maybe a little bit of separation has occurred. If it's inverted and Drew gets the majority, then we're right back to square one. It's even Steven. Mm, so you'd be playing him against a weaker defense, the second string, and uh, increasing the likelihood he will look good in practice as a means to make it harder on Drew Locke. I can't make the connection there. I don't know that it was, again, a, a nefarious, purposeful move to divvy up the reps the way they did. And I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, Chad, when they take the field Friday, if it's not inverted and Locke has the majority of first-team reps. I expect it to be that way. Because 
you know, they've said that that's the plan, that they're, it's going to be even Steven at least through the first two preseason games. And I think that third one, whoever starts that game, that's going to be the clearest indication of leader in the clubhouse. But you're probably still not going to get an announcement, or at least let me put it this way. I'll be surprised if you do get an announcement on who the starter is pre-week one, because why give your opponent an advantage tactically if you can if you don't have to? Uh, BNS, he says, Priest, did you guys see that yes. catch Cortland Sutton made today? Horrible pass by Teddy. He has done that a couple of times for Drew. Too. That's what Sutton does, man. He cleans up for his cues. Yes. He makes them look yes. better. That's why there's no such thing as a 50-50 ball when Sutton's on the field. It's it's 70-30 or 80-20. But, yeah, you know, I tweeted this earlier today, and uh, I took it down because, unfortunately, Chad, uh, there was a uh, grammatical mistake, and I couldn't live with that. I couldn't face myself. But imagine being worried about Cortland Sutton. Imagine not thinking he's a top-10 wide receiver, and imagine not thinking the Broncos will give him a second deal. This guy is a star, and I'm so excited about watching him play. You know, I know we've got the blue check marks and all, so we should probably take it more seriously, but I am a grammar, I mean, very anal grammar-wise for the articles. You know, whether I'm writing it myself or if it's me copy-editing one of the dudes. Twitter, I still mind my P's and Q's, but I'm a little bit more loosey-goosey on Twitter. You don't find yourself the same? I can't, I can't. I don't know. I don't know what it says about me, OCD or what, but I just, when I see a mistake, this is why Twitter needs an edit button, though. You know, I still yeah. understand why we can't get a freaking edit button on Twitter. Uh, Clyde on Twitch wants to know how Von Miller's doing. Is he ready? He's looking good. But Von said, you know, uh, he needed contact to kind of make that additional. He's at 95%, right, Zach? And he needs the contact and live bullets <laughs> to get that other five to be 100, 100%. Um, but he had a rest day today. They gave him and Kareem Jackson a vet day because, you know, a little long in the teeth. So, He's looking good, but it's an answer that you're not really going to get, Clyde, till you see him week one chasing after Daniel Jones. I mean, speaking of typos, I, I noticed the missing eye in doing it. I saw the four, first four or five words there. I'm like, I, I don't know about that. I know he's in pretty good shape. He'll be good for the season. But, yeah, he's uh, all yeah, systems go. Yeah, we're not privy to that particular information. <laughs> Jeff Feel. All right, let me see here. Um uh, let me see. Let me see. I want to make sure we get to as many decent questions here. Stand by. Uh, where's Ron? Let's grab Ron. Been a minute since we've seen one of our longtime original Super Chat superstars, Ron Dub, in the house. He says, hey, guys, which offensive lineman has the most to prove this season? Also, which corner will have the most impact on the secondary? Uh, secondary? I like Sertan. His versatility could be very valuable. So starting with the first one, which O-lineman has the most to prove? Probably Cush. And I don't know. Reisner has a lot to prove. So does Glasgow. I mean, he's a neat guy. Came on the show and everything. Good dude. Don't get me wrong. But, like, as an analyst, I got to tell you, Glasgow disappointed me last year because of that $11 per year contract he got. Now, again, similar to the same problems the whole team endured with offensively anyway, with a new scheme and no practice and all that. Plus he caught the virus. Plus he suffered an injury, Zach. So I'm willing to kind of, you know, that's an outlier, throw it out. But Graham's under a little pressure. Reisner's under some pressure to prove himself. And a lot of it too, Zach, it's not just the draft pedigree 
and being basically grandfathered a starting job before he even walked onto a Broncos practice field, Reisner. But it's his own rhetoric whenever he gets a mic put in his face and he's asked about future prospects and how do you feel also about your body of work this year or last year. And he's like, look, if I'm not in the Pro Bowl or getting all pro, then, you know, I am coming short of the mark. And so he's also kind of contributed a little bit, Zach, to the pressure he finds himself under. But I would say that interior trio is honestly under the most pressure. Friend of the show, Graham Glasgow, is my selection. And you know what? He had a, I think it was a rest day today, a vet day. Glasgow didn't practice. Moody was stepping in at right guard, and Moody was dominant in at least the, the drills that we saw him in. He looked like a beast, and this is your future starting Broncos right guard. The sooner Moody is ready, the better for the overall state of the Broncos offense. I would go Glasgow, but Chad, how about right tackle? Whether it's Calvin Anderson, Bobby Massey, Cameron Fleming, um, it's a it's a troublesome spot considering what we saw last year, and it's another reminder of the failed Juwan James experiment. But yeah, pretty much Everyone but Garrett Bowles is under fire, or at least on their uh, on notice for the season. Thank you for correcting the record. It wasn't Vaughn and Kareem. It was Vaughn and Glasgow that got the vet day today. So the second point, you know, which corner has the most impact in the secondary? Hard to say, man, because we got three new parts, right? Three new moving pieces, Fuller, Darby, Sertan. It's hard for me as, much, as well as he's done early on to give that nod to a rookie unless he ends up being Champ Bailey. You know, if he's the second coming of Champ Bailey, but what are the odds of that? Even as decorated as he was as a prospect coming out of Alabama, what are the odds that Sertan turns in a rookie season on par with what Champ Bailey did for Washington in 99? Slim. So I'm going to say Kyle Fuller. Yep. And even if he was uh, Champ Bailey, you know, 2.0, if he doesn't get the playing time, if he's stuck behind veterans to start out his career, it's not going to really matter much. And the guys that are going to get the playing time are the incumbents or the newly signed veterans. That's Darby, Callahan, and Kyle Fuller. And I'm right there with you. I, I wasn't big on the Darby signing. I-, I love Bryce Callahan, but can he stay healthy? And that's why I think Kyle Fuller will be the biggest uh, beneficiary of the Broncos' pass rush and also the guys playing aside from him. So I'm there with you. I'm going Fuller. So let me get to – um. A couple other points here from Luke's Camp Notebook. Mike Boone vindicating George Payton for paying him. And, you know, Luke did some due diligence on this when the um, free agent deal was done for Mike Boone. You know, he and Philip Lindsay were like two ships in the night, right? They decided not to bring or they decided to rescind Phillip's RFA tender. And that, what was it, Zach, within a 24-hour turnaround, Boone was signed. And so, you know, Luke did his due diligence and found out, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll just read this quote. I quickly started making phone calls trying to figure out the reasoning behind Peyton bringing in a uh, former Vikings player. Was this a move based on familiarity? Is Boone here to be a special teams ace? Well, over the last seven days, Boone has answered both of those questions. Yes, Peyton stuck to his scouting evaluations as he's currently in the process of resurrecting Denver's ground game to Shermer's struggling offense. On day seven, Boone lowered his head on many plays, showing grit and welcoming all kinds of pops and contacts from linebackers in the middle of the field. His shifty ability to read his blockers allows him to benefit from the smallest openings, etc. He goes on to a little bit of scouting stuff here. Uh, but, Zach, bottom line is, and it's not just from Luke, we're hearing it from his new teammates, we're hearing it from a lot of people, Mike Boone is looking like a guy that you could safely say, hey, here's our number two, 
and you're in really good hands, and yet he's probably going to be the number three. Don't be completely stunned if early on he ends up as the number two over Williams if if the rookie learning curve ends up being a little bit more than, you know, biting off more than he could chew. Although listening to Pat Shermer yesterday, Zach, doesn't sound like the between-the-ears battle that most rookies wage is as effective, effectual on Pookie Williams as everyone else. He seems to have – he's a man about his business and picks things up and just gets it to quote Pat Shermer. When you spent your college career being in the timeshare, or at least the last couple of years, I mean, he's uh, well acquainted to being in a battle, and I, I think he knows how to handle it. Very mature guy. I, I love Pookie a lot. I'm going to take my Philip Lindsay fan, fandom and, and toss it aside for now. I would easily say Mike Boone is so much better and, and a bigger upgrade on um, Royce Freeman as a number three. But until Boone can show consistently – that he can do what Philip Lindsay did when given the opportunity. Um, I'm not quite there yet on him being an upgrade on Philip Lindsay. The guy was just a game breaker at any moment in time, at any given play, at any point on the field. And I like what I've seen from Boone in Minnesota, what I saw of highlights anyway on YouTube, but it's been a very small sample size. I think with Philip, it was a larger sample size and he did it more consistently. So until that happens, until that matches up, I can't go there quite yet. Seth Harmon, appreciate you, my friend. Very consistent. OG superstar. He says, can Melvin Gordon convince George Payton to re-sign him this year? If so, what does he have to do? Interesting question. Can is, is, is it even within the bounds of the plausible that Gordon, after seeing him pay Boone and draft Pookie, could garner a an extension from George Payton and the Broncos? Is it possible? Yes. Is it plausible? Highly unlikely. If if Gordon goes on to produce an all-pro type year, then it's in the cards. But, Zach, I would have a really hard time envisioning that when we already know he's going to be in a significant time split, uh, at least with one of these guys, if not both. I was going to say it's it's partly or largely out of Melvin Gordon's control because if Pookie Williams looks good or at least what George Payton envisioned – when he traded up for him in the second round, that's not going to matter what Melvin Gordon does. So even if Melvin has a thousand yard year and let's say seven touchdowns, if Williams and Boone, let's say combined for 10 or 11 and 14, 1500 yards, uh, that's an easy decision right there. Both of the other guys are cost controlled. Melvin Gordon's the what seventh highest paid running back, sixth highest paid in the NFL. I can maybe see if Pookie doesn't have a good season, God forbid he gets hurt. I can maybe see Gordon, depending on how he plays, coming back on a one-year deal for you know three, four million bucks, but uh, a multi-year contract, a lot of guaranteed money. It's like a five percent chance, in my opinion. Uh, Dylan, I don't know. I'm not reading every single line here, but if uh, what's this dude's name, Sharp? If he's really trolling and just trying to stir the pot, eighty-six him. I don't recognize that dude's name anyway. Uh, Andrew. Chad and Zach, your gift boxes from me are looking sharp. I sent a teaser to y'all in the on, on the Facebook page. Okay, we will check that out, brother, as soon as we're off this stream. We will definitely check that out, and we are both excited and intrigued yeah. to see what you have in store. All right, one or two more questions, Zach, and then we got to get on out of here. Bradley, what's up, buddy? Thank you for being with us. He says, who is the likely wide receiver who could get stashed on the practice squad without getting picked off by another team? I mean, half the dudes on the roster. <laughs> Um, to be honest, Bradley, but if we are going to say like a guy who's a threat, but it's a numbers game and you're going to try and sneak him on probably safe bet with Trinity, probably safe bet with Kendall. 
maybe Tyree Cleveland, although it's looking like Tyree's the one of the last guys to the table now. So yeah, he can't catch a pass. I, I was going to say Seth Williams, if only because he's a rookie and he's coming along kind of slowly and they don't really need his contribution in year one. But yeah, the obvious choice, uh, Bradley, I agree with Chad here is Trinity Benson. But if he, if he carries over his hot camp into preseason and they put him on the practice squad, I mean, there's a high probability he'll be signed to an active roster. All right, let's grab one here from Jay Roper, always contributing to the conversation. In the chat, he says, if Drew does not prove to be the guy, George Payton better start trying to organize a trade to get into the top five. I hope Drew pulls through. I'm with you on that. If Drew falls on his face at any point, time to pony up, right? Time to move some mountains, time to be that deal maker, uh, and put yourself in position to really land one of the top prospects in this class and just reset. You'll be resetting with a new head coach if that's how it shakes out because, you know, if Drew falls flat on his face, I guess I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I still think this team can be competitive with Teddy. But let's just say it's a bad, another bad year. Yes, I'm with you on that. Absolutely, Jay. Um, I want to give a little teaser uh, for, for an article to come at uh, MHH mileheddle.com in his latest uh, column peter king dubbed denver the perfect place for aaron Rodgers in 2022 so that's another option for denver deshaun watson aaron Rodgers, russell wilson a veteran quarterback but yeah uh if drew lock doesn't um develop if teddy bridgewater is at replacement level they have to go all in and take advantage of a very uh small window with this roster all right, guys, shout out to the leaderboards today as we're saying goodbye and good night for now. Shane Daniels has rocketed all the way up to the number one slot for the day. Shane, hat tip. Claude, number two. Michael, leapfrogging Zeus. You know what? I'm guessing on this front, Zeus probably like, he probably maybe had like a hurricane or something happening in, you know, the tropics. He's like, let me manage that for a second. Thunder, lightning, done, comes back. Michael has leapfrogged him, so is Claude, so is Shane. Andrew, Andrew, thank you guys. Travis, Travis, love you guys. Gary, and here's Colby as well. Colby, thank you, buddy. Oh, Seymour, we got got one or two more. Let's see what what this looks like here. We got a Seymour button now. Uh, Zebulon as well. Zebulon as well. So, guys, thank you so much. And with that, Zach, we got a a dip, dude. We'll be back tomorrow night, though, for the Mile High Mailbag. So let not your hearts be troubled. Of course not. Chad, I hope you have a great night. I hope you guys have a great night out there. This was the Huddle Up Podcast, and we will see you guys tomorrow night. Be sure in the meantime, though, to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your news and 24-7 content at Mile High Huddle on Twitter. You can follow Chad on Twitter, as you can see, at Chad N. Jensen. You can follow me at Kelberman NFL. Uh, be sure, guys, if you haven't already, go to huddleuppod.com and get your swag, get yourself a football preset, MHH hat, uh, T-shirts, coffee mugs. We've got more on the way. We appreciate each and every one of you. Also, Facebook.com slash Huddle. Big blue button, guys. Become a supporter. We have three exclusive shows, Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone, more on the way, uh, more exclusive exclusives on the way for you. Uh, we appreciate all your patronage there and facebook.com slash my pod like the page and follow the page. But 
If you can't do any of those things, we ask you three things that take just five seconds. Subscribe, like, and share to this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It helps us grow and reach Broncos fans like you would not believe and bring them into the fray, bring them into the huddle, as we would say on this podcast, Chad. So we appreciate you guys doing that. Back off until tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern, uh, Mile High Huddle Mailbag. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.